podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host as always. And joining me this week are two splendid fellows that I am going to enjoy spending an hour or so talking about the Ted's with. First of all, the wonderful Mr Ian Hogg. Good evening mate, Uh, always fun to be on, especially after the weekend. And joining us is the mellifluous meister of the miserablest metier, it's Mr Martin Ramsey. You're still going with that one, mate. Um, good to see you, David and Hoggy uh, listeners. Um, it's a pleasure for me because I, I usually only get wheeled out when we've had a bad one. Well, there's two reasons for that one. You only get wheeled out. The two reasons you're on. One, you only get wheeled out after a bad one. And I did say to Martin, I said, do you want to be on this week? Because you're right. I do always bring you out when we've lost uh, or, or not had a good result. But uh also because me and Hoggy are liable to giggle, point, laugh like schoolgirls or schoolboys, uh, you know, modern men here. But we need that voice of reason and sanity. And I know that uh, you're the first person who said to me on Saturday, it's only three points. <laughs> yeah, I don't let it uh, disappoint. So no, I'm happy to help. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, that's a lie, actually. I do want to get ahead of myself, but uh, we, we we did that in December and look where it got us. But, of course, the, the mighty sons of went to, to Parkhead at the weekend and very comfortably, without really breaking sweat, Hoggy, beat Celtic by two goals to nil. That's a fan's point of view. I'm allowed to say, ah, we didn't break sweat. They did. They worked extremely hard to do it, but they didn't have to produce their A game and they comfortably handled Celtic and were I think really content at 2-0 to just go well, I've got some big games coming up Yeah uh, do you know the 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 goalie McGregor um, I think he went for a shite during the second half if I'm being honest you know it was it just wasn't needed defence was excellent midfield was really really dominant I, I thought the midfield performance was really mature um, and and they worked together in tandem. I actually thought the forward line was pretty quiet. Um, second half, however, they, they did create better movement than they did in the first half. But as a forward line, you're expecting more from the likes of Amorelos and Kent and what have you. But you're right, you know, it was, from a fan's point of view, Saturday was a piece of piss. Didn't feel it during the game. Absolutely not, because we've all got that scar tissue that we talk about all the time. But watching it back, it was easy. It was so easy, and that that's a you know th- there's a cautionary tale for future old firm games and and upcoming games against the likes of Livingston and Kilmarnock domestically. But it was just easy, and and I guess the measure of how easy it was, David, is. The lack of blaming of referees, the lack of blaming of the Masons or any any nonsense like that. Um, and we weren't at it. We we didn't really get out of second gear. Whilst, as you say, we, we had a game plan, we stuck to it, the, 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 the fullbacks didn't go marauding forward. And it just lulled Celtic into that, we're not quite sure what to do. And we kept on putting the ball in behind. So yeah, 2-0... We didn't go gung-ho 
I must admit I wanted us to. Um, but hey, I'm not the manager of Rangers for a very good reason. Um, and we did look as if we were just conserving energy. Big games to come. Old firm games shouldn't be like that, but uh, but it was damn nice that it was. Martin, it was almost shockingly routine. Um, it, mm. it felt like Rangers with a very controlled, disciplined performance, yes, but it, it was never backs to the wall or anything even approaching it. I mean, it uh, backs about 50 metres away from the wall most of the time. And I think that what pleased me the most was every Rangers fan I spoke to last week was either confident or was saying, I'm worried about how confident mm. I am and trying to downplay it. But every one of us felt, now nah, we're going to go there and turn them over. And some of that might be bravado, but it didn't feel like bravado. I wasn't doing it because I, I was harbouring a secret fear. I don't think anybody I know was. I think it was a case of, no, I, I think we're actually you know better than them, 11 v 11, and, and we'll beat them. And the, the thing that pleased me the most is that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I, I, there, there were nerves during the week, obviously a lot of speculation about the team, and you, you know, how long have we heard speculation about how many Celtic players would miss an old firm game, Dave? It goes back quite a long way, and lo and behold, there they all are on, on the, the, the Saturday. Uh, teams came out, and I, and I texted you and said, there's, there's no excuses today. That is the worst starting 11 I've seen for in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Scottish Cup semi in 2016. Um and I agree with you, even uh, best 11 against best 11, Rangers under Gerrard shape up very nicely. Old firm games aren't really an issue. So when you see that, right, how are we going to respond? I think where the nerves perhaps came from, um, apart from just not being in this situation where we go to Parkhead thinking we're going to just roll them over, um, even in the glory days, I'm, I'm not sure how many um, times we ever felt like that but how is this Rangers team going to deal with being favourites because that's been a slight issue um, in, in, in other fixtures um, over the course of the season and I mean Gerrard's what four wins four defeats now and probably the, yeah. the two games where I went in certainly thinking I think I think we're favourites today uh, with the League Cup final and the first game at Ibrox last season which of course we lost both Um in different circumstances, but but probably ourselves to blame in both. So how are we going to deal with this? And as great as Saturday was, it always is, don't care what age you are, um, when the dust settles, what do we really learn about our, our Rangers win against Celtic? We know we can match them, more than match them, especially when we saw the teams. Um, but if there is one takeaway from from um, this particular old firm game and this particular victory that wasn't the case in December last year or December the year before when we all get a bit carried away. It's that we went into really, really big favourites, real expectation, and we never let it get to us. We were ruthless, we were professional, we were controlled, and take away the the old firm nerves that we all have um, and just look at the football. That's Rangers away from home at a bottom half team. Yeah. Early goal first half, early goal second half. Don't expend too much energy. Big game of Thursday. It, it really was. And, and to, to kind of back up your point there, I think that for me, it feels different this time. I think there was a lot of bravado in the, after the last few wins. Certainly I know I engaged in it. But this one just felt different. And I think it was the manner of the performance. Uh, it was the fact they were 
went there as favourites and didn't shit the bed. And it was also the the way afterwards the players went, yeah, well done, lads. We fist bump yeah. off the park, job done, and away. And it was almost like, ah, I think that they might actually be beginning to grow up. And listen, the, the, the previous two occasions, the previous two Decembers, it's understandable why we get carried oh, away. Yeah. These were big landmarks, just beating them for a parkhead. And you know, we're we're emotional when it comes to this fixture, and we we, we do let ourselves um, get get a bit um, uh, uh, carried away, and that that's that's understandable. But you're absolutely right. The 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 reaction, certainly from the players, you still see the odd thing on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, not learning the lessons of the past, but that that's fine. The, 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 certainly from the the people who matter, which are the players and the the, the management staff, there is very much a, a a different attitude. There was no massive fist pumping and um and just this delirium that that followed the the, the previous two results. Um, they knew they had to win, really, um, given the um given the setup, um, given what they were facing, uh, and that they could, and they did, and tick it off, uh, and and off we go. And it's. Yeah, that if that becomes business as usual, then we'll be in, in a uh, in a good place. Ian Martin touched upon the game last year, the first old firm game of the season last year at Ibrox. When I agree, I, I really I, I thought we would win. We were the favourites, um, and I just thought, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do them on a high after the Legia game. And I remember so specifically, and I've you know I was with Martin, I was with a few other Rangers fans outside the ground, and I've spoken to other Rangers fans, and they all say the same thing. We saw the team, and we all went, oh, because it was a kind of fearful team. It it was about containment. The manager spoke afterwards about how he wanted to contain them for the first hour, and then and and we were. I think collectively saying, no, you you screwed the pooch on this one. Whereas on Saturday when I saw our lineup, uh, and we'll, we'll come back to theirs in a minute, Martin's right, when I saw it, I was, oof. but when I saw our lineup, I, I, it was the shape. It was the fact that I think a year ago he brings Ryan Jack in and pushes Scott Arfield a wee bit further forward. 100%. Whereas, yeah, you think that's legit, Martin? Totally. Absolutely. And that was. I'll, I'll let Hoggy speak in a minute because it was directed to him. I'm sorry for cutting in, but I, I can't, uh, I can't back that up more. And that is a big sign. Uh, Ryan Jackson's boy, uh, and managers have them. They, they have affinity with players. Uh, at this minute in time, the Davis Kamara um, combination is is working, and Kamara's more and more coming on to um, a game that we we know is in him. It's just consistency is a problem. Those are the two you don't need. You don't need a third, and, no, no. Uh, and he, certainly not for that lineup we were facing. No, no, uh, and you're absolutely right. He could have easily uh, reverted to type, and there was, uh, and he got it right later on when the two nils done. Um, that's when you bring Jack in, and and Arfield actually more effective, of course, just that that wee bit further up anyway, uh, and and uh, um, that was a that was a sign of confidence. It's also yeah. a sign of he's learning. So, yes. so in his first season, Jacksy's boy. Last season, Jacksy's boy as well. And I, I've I've been critical, as you both know, of of Stephen Gerrard and and the management team of. Maybe just making subtle tweaks around formations and all the rest of it, but it wasn't that 
it's not been that far away from, you know, plan B is do plan A better. Uh, however, learning, uh, you know, everything points to Saturday was all about learning, all about us, but also all about how we think they're going to play and therefore how we can benefit from that. And he changed it. It's changed it subtly, as I say. You know, the fullbacks weren't bombing on, allowing their wing-backs to come on to us and not knowing what the hell to do with it. Um, and then over and above that, you're looking at, um, as you say, Jack didn't just come straight back in. And frankly, neither he should have. Because, I mean, again, I've been critical of Kamara and his consistency. But when Glenn Kamara's on it, he's a terrific football player. Really, really terrific passer of the ball and holder of the ball. All too often we see him when he's not on it. When, when, when he's not on it, I mean, Christ, you may as well have me in there. But on Saturday, it was exactly the right team. Knowing fine well that Arfield would just push that little bit further forward and get right in their faces, but also not take one of the spaces up front. So, yeah, for me, it's it's all signs that the manager's learning. He's in his third season now. Um, and I, I think he knows fine well that A, he's got to win something and B, he's got to give this title a damn good shot. I think as well that it's a, a, a sign of evolutionary progress because I think we, you know, the three of us are, are you know, the boys of 86 um, and that was a revolution. And I think we all wanted uh, Stephen Gerrard to come in and just, just do it. But I think that we did underrate the the size of the task facing him. Um, and it has been trial and error. He was, you know, he is still, but he, he was a, a novice manager at the time. He's now uh, a bit more experienced. And I also think we've got this thing as fans that we say, well, I'm prepared to let him allow from his mistakes, but we mean the next week <laughs> we want it fixed. We don't mean, you know, in a bit of time. Whereas I think you could see a side at the weekend, Ian, who have been building for... Uh, a few seasons then. Connor Goldson said a really interesting thing after the match when he was asked about the defensive solidity. I thought the back four, all of them were, were superb at the weekend. But he said, yeah, yeah, we've been doing that for two years now. We all know what we're doing. Uh, and it means that, you know, Philip Hellander, Bonner Barisic can come back from internationals into a game like this, but it's cool because we all know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, you take the lights of you've got Balogun and Katic and Bassey can come in and hopefully Patterson can come in. They're obviously training like that. They're obviously practicing like that. Goldson saying that uh, the comment they made around we've been doing this for two years. We've been practicing this for two years. We know what we're doing. The the amount that's been picked up in in the wider press, I think, is huge because it's really highlighted. It's shone a light on Celtic and Lennon and they haven't got a fucking clue what they're doing. And the fans don't seem to know know what they're doing, and, and of course that's a that feels like a relatively dangerous place actually to be in because surely that can't be the case. But you know we'll maybe come back to that. But Barris, uh, sorry, Goldson simply saying that we've been doing this for two years. This all st- this all goes back to the training ground, and it goes back to the likes of Michael Beale and Co. And day in and day out, they're doing the right stuff. I think. And they're being trained in the right manner, in the right drills, in the right way. It's just second nature to them now. Now, okay, that 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 doesn't account for you know Goldson's brain fart in the first half when he lets Elianusi in, but mistakes are going to happen. But the way that that by and large, apart from that, and one in the second half, the way that defence is drilled, 
and the way the likes of Stephen Davis sits in front of them, it's obviously second nature to them now, David. And that's, you know, you go back to that revolution of Sunus and it was all about the spine. It was all about the defence and the keeper and getting that right with the central midfield. And it has evolved. It, it couldn't be done straight away. But, you 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 know, Saturday just shows the... the, the I'm through that now. Martin, I think by common consent, from what I've read, from people within football who know the tactical side of the game a hell of a lot better than I ever will, it has become... Well, it's become clear that they seem to feel that Rangers are a significantly better coached side than Celtic. Now, they would still point out, you know, that Celtic have some quality players, a couple of whom are missing at the weekend, which we'll come to. But, you know, we're fans, so it's easy for us to say, well, you know, obviously we're going to think that with our with our, uh, our blue tinted glasses on. But it, it does seem to be coming from a lot of professionals with no skin in the game to say, well, yeah, this is this is quite clear and, and, and showing you examples that looked fairly hard to argue with. Yeah, I think even the the, the criticisms of Gerald over the last two and a bit years when they've come, um, it, I don't think it's about uh, ever been about effort and um, attention to detail and approach. Um, we know that we've been coached. Uh, there's been a lot of effort into coaching. Um it's the type of games, though, that, that we've excelled in, Europe, some of the old firm games, um, where we have been the, the reactive side and we've, we have we have been the underdogs. And that suited our tactical approach, uh, it suited the players that have been brought in, uh, and it suited maybe Gerard's man management um, comfort, that, um, you know, breaking, punching up. Um, and so there's, there's no doubt that where the doubts have, have, have come is our tactical um, adaptability um, and how we're coached for other problems in Scotland and the man management side of that different pressure which happens at Rangers tough uh, and those questions question marks are still there um, but it's, it's never been about a, a, a lack of trying or a lack of effort uh, or, or a lack of know-how it's just that we've uh, We've been built into a team that, that's very, very good at being reactive, very, very good at, at, at chasing a dream um, um, when we're, we're not fancied. Uh, and it's, it's getting the comfort, getting the solutions when we absolutely are every week. And if we are sat here in this, this very same show two weeks tonight and we've gone to Rugby Park and we have delivered the same controlled, comfortable performance and result, I'd still be buzzing off that in a way that I'm not really after the weekend. It's been, it's been in, in gone and, you know, as I said, we, we know what we are up against Celtic in a head-to-head. Um, put eight of those on, on the spin. Uh, you and I are cricket fans, David. That's scoreboard pressure and that's a different ball game and that's what we've not been able to do. We know that. Um, and if, we're, if we can crack that, obviously the, the, the game changes and we are, we are real contenders. But um, that's what the next two months are going to tell us. I think that... The reason that, that, that fans have been enjoying it, obviously, um, enjoying the manner of it as well, Ian. But the fact is, is that we have had this, you know, post-Christmas slump the past two seasons. And, and I think the fans are saying, OK, you are definitely on the right road, but we need to see you get a bit further along it before we can start to to forget the past two seasons. And maybe that's not a bad thing, because maybe it's something the players need to bear in mind as well, which is... 
you've made mistakes in the past, learn from them and improve. And I think the midfield is a really good example of that because I felt at the weekend that, you know, let's face it, that's a midfield that's been there for a while now. But you know, Kamara has improved um, very much so this season. Arfield has has improved this season um, significantly. The manager spoke last week about him no longer playing international football, and I think that that is clearly benefiting him. And also, we had talent on the bench. We had a depth that we didn't have. All we heard about were the players Celtic were missing. We we were with Kamar Roof. We were without Joe Aribo. We had Yanis Hadji sitting there on the bench. These were guys who've been around Rangers for you know pretty much the uh, the last couple of seasons anyway, and. It was a level of improvement and confidence across the side that I think helped deliver that result. Yeah. Um, they clearly went into the game confident. They clearly went into the game to hold the ball. Let's allow Celtic on to us and, and largely, see, yeah, largely see what they had about them. The midfield, 50 grand, incidentally, spent on that midfield at the weekend. Um, so the same, transfers. Shane, the, the same amount that Shane Duffy learned last week? Yes, that's the same Shane Duffy who, my God, he can place a cross-field pass straight into row X, can he? That was oh, marvellous. Mosney-esque. Oh, absolutely marvellous. Um, I mean, there, there's, as a slight aside, they've only signed him because he's Irish. Let's face it, an Irish Celtic that's fan who just, you know, who who's dying to be the Irish Bobo Baldy. Jesus Christ! I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if the guy can pass water. However, um, fifty grand that midfield cost us versus the likes of the Celtic midfield that cost them the thick end of ten million quid between three of them. But of course, you know, Celtic were under strength and all that. Um, our midfield was, uh, like I said up front, just a very, very mature, calm performance. But unlike a lot of the performances we've seen. Maybe uh, if if we reverse two years, and you remember Europe was a bit harem scarem, especially through the qualifiers. We've just seen this team mature and want the ball continually, even in tight spaces. How many times on Saturday did Kamara come away with the ball when he's been pressed by two guys? Um, the, it, it was controlled. It was defence to the midfield. In control. And it felt in control. There was none of you far away type tactics. Um, and yeah, I, my, my, my only wish for, for Saturday was that the, the front three were firing because I, I genuinely didn't really think they were, David. Martin, on that, on the, the, the subject really then of what we were up against, um, we lived through season 97-98 and it's hard not to draw some parallels, which mm. is... Hunger is a very difficult thing to retain um, for any side, no matter what the, the grail is or how important it is to the to the support. And if you make bad decisions, then it makes it very difficult for you to 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 then go on and, and achieve. And I would say 97, 98 was an example of this. I would say that 2000, 2001 for Rangers was an example of this. That if there are problems down the iceberg, then <laughs> the tip of it, uh, is 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 maybe the visible bit, but when things get bad, when you hit shallow water, then you see the problems start to emerge. And this is just what's being said by Celtic supporters and, and Celtic supporters in the media. This is not us as, as Rangers fans. 
But the signings, I said when he a couple of weeks ago, Laxalt, he's not a good player. That's why he's at Celtic. And and you know, I think that you saw the, the amount runs about a lot. That, that's his game. Uh, Duffy is a peculiar signing because they they seem to want a ball playing centre half, which he's never ever been. So as Hoggy says, I do wonder if they just thought oh, a good cheap populist loan signing. Both of those big signings, incidentally, are loan. The goalkeeper looks howling. I mean, they dress him up like Barney the fucking dinosaur for a start, but he, I mean, the boy looked no confidence at all. And there's a bit in the second half where he touches over a free kick from Tavernier and Scott Brown turns around and shouts, what are you doing? Because he clearly thought it was going over. Um, the, the boy just looked Andrews-esque in that match, I thought. And he was four and a half million because they couldn't bring in Forster because Southampton wouldn't play ball. And you look round the the squad, you know, they, they brought Lax out in because Taylor at three million they don't fancy. After Ball and Golly that they don't fancy. They had the boy up front, Klamala, three and a half million. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of money. And, you know, play him against us every time. Ajeti, I think, will score goals for them, but he's a downgrade on Edward. Um, Edward missing at the weekend, obviously, but hasn't really looked that interested himself. And Cham, who Celtic insiders say has wanted away for a while, I admire that level of not giving a fuck. Yeah. I mean, uh, honest to God, that boy did not lose one minute's sleep on Saturday night about that result. Uh, and and clearly there are issues there. Now, again, I'll caveat all of it with, means nothing if we don't exploit them. But it certainly gives you a hell of a bigger opportunity. Yeah, I, I've never really been convinced by their wider recruitment anyway for, for a while, and they've, they've, they've spent a lot of money on loads and loads of players, I and mean, we've, we've talked before on this show about the, the size of that squad and, and not in a good way. They've been bailed out because they, they do tend to get a couple that, that really, really do the bits, and, you know, Edouard being a, um, a game-changer, um, literally in, in, in some cases. Um, so when they are missing those three or four um, names that they... They, they really do rely on to either create or or finish the job off. Uh, they are uh, mistakes in the market are, are are showing up. And you said a couple of cheap loans. Um, Duffy's not a cheap loan. You've, you've already kind of mentioned what what he's on um, every week. Um, he's a donkey with the ball at his feet. That's why he's not playing for Brighton in a three man defence. He will pop up with set pieces. He will score goals for them. Weirdly enough. Um, and I guess that's the thing. Uh, that, that's the question about Celtic. Not against us. Long gone are the days where you're, you're fearing the hammer. And, um, we we are in every old firm game, really. Um, it's uh, we've, we've written them off before, written Lennon off really before he even took the job uh, last season. Um, but they do know how to win week by week. Now, they've scraped through recently. I don't know how long that can continue. I think they also need to show a, a wee bit more comfort there. That's that's the big question. Whether these players, um, and you talk about the hunger, you talk about the, the general mood of the place, um, whether he can reignite that. Um, because his pre-match interview on Saturday, I, I text you boys, said he's hungover. He looked a disgrace. And he didn't look confident. He was just saying what he felt he needed to say about being excited. He was trying to kid himself, I think. Um, so it doesn't look a happy place, but it's not against us. Um, they, they, as I said, they know how to to just pick points up uh, regularly. Um, and 
they you know, we finished this first quarter, which on paper was harder for us. We finished it so well. Um, it's quarter two by definition on paper is harder for them, and and that's going to be this is a key couple of months in the season. I know that's that's stating the obvious, but um, if there are real holes in this Celtic dressing room, if there are um, tired legs, tired souls, really in terms of of the hunger of, of of going for more success, you're going to find out in October, November, and December, and. We need to be punishing them if they do. That's the thing, Hoggy, that uh, they have responded well in the past to a result like this. But again, it just it feels a bit different. But that's you know we can't that's not scientific. You can't prove it. You'll need to wait and see what happens with it. Uh, and they don't have the crowd in pushing them onwards. And, and you know we talk about pressure and whatnot, and that can be. But they could have done with a bit of pressure at the weekend because in that second half, I, I'm watching them knock the ball about in front of our team. Who are just saying, "Well, on you go. We'll turn it up. You can do that all day." And they they seemed prepared to. Um, it it if, if I, I mean I I can't get over just how much fitter, stronger, hungrier we looked at the weekend compared to them who are supposed to be going for this monumental thing. That's on and off the park, as Martin said. There, um, you t- you you look at Lennon's pre-match interview, and he did look. As if he was heavily hungover, bright red nose and all the rest of it. He he did look a, a shamble in disgrace, um, and if that's who the players have got to look up to, and we heard all the rumours from his first time round, David, about the drinking and the antics and the the lack of preparation and putting the stats and the analysis in the bin and all this type of stuff. We heard that first time round. We now hear the exact same the second time around. And it doesn't take long for the players. Some of the some of the players will buy into that as a you know a team that drinks together, wins together type thing. Uh, didn't look 90, like it. There, there's that ninety seven, ninety eight connotation again. <laughs> didn't look um, like it. No, not at all. But you know, if if that's who the players have got to look up to, the ones especially the maybe the younger players or the the players that have been brought in recently, then that will naturally breed. Um, contempt ultimately and it'll fracture we've seen it at Ibrooks. we've seen it with our teams Christ across all the years we've been watching Rangers it naturally happens and if he doesn't address it it'll continue and I hope he doesn't address it clearly um, but you know just just that go, go back to the question around the hunger around you know it was it was so odd and again, all those stats that were picked up um, around who had the most touches in the Celtic team, the back three, who was fourth, Scott Brown. And it's simply because, like you say, they passed it amongst themselves in the second half. There was no urgency, no get up and go. If there's a crowd in there, they're not allowed to do that at all. Maybe that's a confidence thing. Maybe that's a, uh, Maybe they thought we would come out at them. I don't know. But it, it, it's, it was weird. David, it was actually really, really weird for the 8.75 in a row champions and were told how many trophies have won and all the rest of it. They basically gave up in the second half and we let them have the ball and they were quite content and then they'd pass it out the park or give it away and, and we would mount an attack. Such a weird game of football from that team that, you know, we, we, we've talked about. He's spent... Tens of millions. I think there's some like thirty-six million pounds he spent in the last sixteen months 
and that was the shit that they served up. I mean, the, the Celtic support should be absolutely fucking raging. But from what I see online, there's maybe, there's a, there's a real split. You know, a lot of them giving it, ah, oh, it's just one game, it's fine, it's just a blip, trust in Lenny, Lenny's a man, all this type of rubbish. Then you've got the folk who have seen this movie before, as we have, 97, 98, going, we need to change this and change it now because we know how this movie ends. Um, and here's hoping, of course. Yeah. But but it's, it, it, is, it was a weird game and it's been a really, really weird aftermath. Lennon, for always, you know, chucking the, the the stats guys under the bus and all that, he, he isn't a complete clown, but uh, from the outside, he appears to be a very good emotional manager. He he does well at using atmosphere, positive or negative, uh, and 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 preparing his his players to feed off that. And obviously, there was none on Saturday, and it was the weirdest old foreign game I've ever seen. Um, they expected us to come out clearly with the with the the the, the, the bomb and fullbacks. The the inclusion of Barker would suggest we expected them to play out and we would get some space in behind and we would need pace for that. Neither really happened. So for most of the game, what you had is a bit of a standoff. That's why that first goal was so so important because then we held the cards and obviously get an early goal in the second half to kind of finish it off. He didn't change anything really. He's thrown on players, but but nothing in terms of the shape changed and it's weird I've never watched an old firm game as clinically as that first time round because the atmosphere obviously is a big part of that that particular fixture um, and I just wonder if it, uh, that is a big attribute of, of his managerial style and it's it's no wonder he was nearly at Holyrood's door um, asking for, for people to be brought back in this uh, player's missing. You might, you probably didn't hear about it. Nobody, nobody really mentioned it. They took it in the usual uh, stoic fashion that we that we've come to know and expect. But um, they were missing Edward Christie and, and the two Israelis. That you know, and, and I think a couple others who were who were injured. Look, illness and injury happen in football. You lose players for big matches, and there is a pandemic on at the moment. It's no one's fault. It's a fact of life that we've been very fortunate with so far this season, but, you know, let's face it, at some point it's going to hit us. I don't really get what's unfair other than a kind of shouting at the the cloud and saying, you know, you're all out to get us. It, it, it's life. It's 2020. Yeah, it sucks, but you know, we're all going through it. Yeah, the the, the mysterious Masonic COVID-19. Um it will hit us at some point. This is where stupid comments come back to bite people in the arse, David. You recall Celtic went to, I was going to say Love Street, whatever it's called now, St Mirren Park. Um, and St Mirren had, was it three goalkeepers out due to COVID-19? Yeah. And they had to, dra- yeah, they had to dra- uh, draft in, was it Lamal from Hearts? Um, I'm amazed Hearts did business, but that's a... It's another story for another day. Um, they 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 no, brought not, in... no, no 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 nobody cares. Nah, sorry mate. Uh, nah, you yeah. never. I'm never letting you bring it up. Uh, fuck them. Um, so, they, but they brought in a, a, a another keeper who'd never played with someone in his in his puff, and Lennon gave it the big. Well, we we can't go postponing games simply due to COVID. They didn't have a goalkeeper. You know, they were almost <laughs> they were going to be forced to stick a forward in goals. So therefore, no one in football can have 
any sympathy, I don't think, that Celtic lost uh, three players to COVID and one for being an absolute fucking idiot in Ryan Christie. He knew the guidelines. He knew social distancing. Yet he went to supposedly play PlayStation with his two pals in a, <laughs> behind a locked door. Or incidentally, um, so you know, it fancied a, a, a game of the PlayStation, and then Nicola in Edinburgh was meant to make it all better. They lost some to illness. Edward and Beaton are are certain starters. Let's not kid ourselves on. El Hamed is not a certain starter. He has only started half a Celtic's game so far this season. And then you've got the the other couple that are out injured. Christopher Julien. None of them fancy him. None of them at all. Not up for it. He gets bad press through the Celtic fans. And similarly, James Forrest, who I think's hurt us in the past. Mm. But I don't think there's many Celtic fans out there that care that he's injured because they fancy others in his place. So let's not go and let's not cry crocodile tears over that shower. We had Katic out, Roof out. Uh, Bungani Zungu's just joined and is in self-isolation. Aribo just coming back. Ryan Jack coming back from injury and on the bench. Nah, no crocodile tears from me. Um, <laughs> let's not be churlish. I mean, you get three or four starters. Um, yeah, we would be saying the same thing. It it's spin. It, of course it does. And we would spin it as well because that's what football fans do. We have done in the past. I have done in the past. It doesn't matter because, you know, Amoruso was out or, or whatever. Um, the biggest irony... Uh, and you know, I think we're all in agreement, or most of us in agreement, international football during this time. Really, um, does there need to be that? Is this really a priority? Um, Don't but the get biggest irony. Started on that. Yeah, but the biggest irony being that the only reason we are playing, or we, the the Ophir game was played on Saturday right after an, uh, an international break, was because they moaned and. Let's be honest. Fixed the the the, the fixture computer to Correct. put that game exactly when it was. It could have so been August. It should it have been August. Have, it should have been. September. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's your luck. And you mean, sorry, Martin. You you mean that wasn't just one big coincidence? That wasn't one big coincidence, but uh, it's heartening to hear, um, despite what I've been told, that that Peter Lowell doesn't actually run the entire country or the judiciary system. Um, But but football matters, yeah, um, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, So, yeah, that that was just a bad luck. But when you have spent, as you've said, so much money on options, then they should come to the fore. They are not scrambling around behind the sofa for players. Um, and again, come back to those team sheets. The most heartening thing was our bench. I uh, don't know when we've gone into a big game with a bench with options as reliable um, as those are. Here's something that I understand, believe it or not, that after Celtic's troubles in the 90s, when they were a comedy side, where they didn't even matter to us, let's be see, kind of like six, seven in a row. You heard their result and you laughed a wee bit. They weren't a factor. They weren't, and you know, they, they they just didn't matter. And then when they they improved a bit under Burns, uh, I, I was always a wee bit sort of reluctant to accept it because I had enjoyed laughing at them and them being a joke, and it had been fun. And now that they were back and potentially able to to win things again, it slightly annoyed me. So I was slow to grasp, but I didn't want to believe it. 
I really see that right now in their attitude towards us, Martin. I think that they are just point blank refusing. Now we know the the admin fantasy that they they mm. they cling to the way that uh, a, a denizen of, of Parkhead would cling to a bottle of El Dorado, but they also. I think are, are are very apt to look at us and say, oh, well, they're average, despite the evidence suggesting they're not. Mental issues at times in terms of when we've been favourites, 100%, got to say it. Um, loss of confidence that spread throughout the whole team, yep, got to say it. Mm-hmm. But the European results alone prove that yeah. this Rangers team can play a bit, right? And that, that's quite, it's quite apparent. And then at the weekend, you see Kamara. That was just an outstanding performance. I mean, it really was. It doesn't matter the context or who did it or when. It was just a tremendous midfield performance from him. You look at the intelligence of the players to play that. You know, we've, we've spoken about the tactics. They all knew what they were doing. They all were where they were supposed to be. You looked at Goldson and Helen. They're two proper centre-halves and they looked every inch of it. You look at the fullbacks, two incredibly talented players, certainly, uh, when they're attacking. But I thought defensively they were, they were excellent as well. You look at the work rate of the front three and I agree with Ian, they didn't have the best games, but they, they still caused bother because they were creating so much space and, and dragging those defenders into places they didn't want to go. But they just do not want to accept that this Rangers team is capable. Oh, I think now two defeats in a row at home and that they're going to have to. Um, uh, I'll go back, yeah, the, the question marks about what I would call scoreboard pressure. You win in every week and seeing what the other team's going to do, those those still have to be answered and I'm not sure how many sleepless nights they'll have yet about that. But interesting you should draw the, the allusion to, to the early 90s and reactions. Uh, you're right, six, seven in a row, Celtic were, were a nonsense. And those were the worst years of that run for us. Rangers were shit, relatively speaking. Um, we were slow, we were tired, we were having a breather. You know, minimum uh, minimum effort to to just get over a title, and then Celtic win a Scottish Cup, and they've got a new manager and they've got something about them. And you know, you might have not wanted to um, recognise that as a supporter, David, but the club did, and we bought Gascoigne, and Celtic didn't touch us for eight games, yeah, nine games, um. And obviously we'd, we'd win the, the next two titles and uh, and everything else. So there was a reaction to, to Celtic um, getting their, their act together. Maybe they had a wee reaction with, with Rodgers, obviously, after the, the, the Cup semi-final. Um, but they would be foolish to... Uh, they'd be foolish to do that now. Um, but again, you're right, fans probably... They, they, they want to excuse and they, they, they want to tell themselves that uh, everything's going to be going to be fine and uh, that's kind of what we do after um, annoying defeats but I think in in head-to-heads I think any Celtic fan Tommy Sheridan all the way down is 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 trying to convince themselves as much as they're trying to convince us that they think they'll they'll walk I think the head-to-heads now um, they they should know by now that they're in a fight it's it's the other thing Tommy Sheridan man fuck (laughs) I'll give Celtic fans that. They, they, they will remain the undefeated champions of cringe because they just do things that any <laughs> any Celtic... I do wonder if when you're giving your first Celtic top, there's also a, a bit of a quid pro quo. You have to give up your embarrassment gene and they just remove that from you and therefore you, you will allow yourself to to then start to be featured in, in these videos and whatnot. My goodness, they have... Oh, the, the gift that keeps on giving. Hoggy, all good. And 11 matches, the first run of the season, uh, the first 
um, head-to-heads are now done against all 11 teams. Rangers in that period have gone away from home to Aberdeen. We've gone away to Celtic. We've gone away to uh, Hibs. We've gone away to Levy. We've gone away to Fur Park. Some of our more difficult places, I think we'd agree. Rugby Park probably being the other one. We've got nine wins, two draws, um, and we've got nine clean sheets. This is a platform. They have given themselves a platform to go and do something this season. And the players have got to tell themselves, this is different to last December. This is different to two Decembers before that, where we went on holiday, basically, for a kind of you know mid-season break in training camp. And we as supporters... We, we all, you know, revelled in it. Of course we did. I, th- I suspect the players revelled in it as well. And they came back and on both both times, um, we we shot the bed. I think it's brilliant that we've got a game almost straight away, five days later, away in Belgium. And then we're at Livingston. And then we're going to have another European game. And then we're away to, to, to Kilmarnock. I would rather they're coming thick and fast now, David, the, the first 11 league games, um, if I'm being picky and I'm going to, um, we were a shambles in Livingston. Uh, we, we just didn't turn up. And at Easter Road, we, we chucked it away. You know, we, we got ahead and we chucked it away. We should probably be sitting here with more points now. <laughs> nine, nine wins and two draws and nine clean sheets. That is perhaps being picky because we're going to drop points across the season. But back to Martin's point, it's about getting that winning run going and beating the I'll come back to a 90s phrase beating the fodder continually getting ahead and then cruising and that's what we need to do so you know we've, I, I am heartened by we've got games straight away we we can't dwell on it we're going to have big games we've got Livingston at the weekend we need to go to Rugby Park and, and get over the line there and then you're right you know we've all of our difficult trips, or so-called difficult trips, are for you know the the first half of the season. Um, let's let's not be a bit about the bush, you know. Under Gerard, I think at this point in his first season, I can't remember the stats, but something like you know six wins, four draws, and or three draws and two defeats, something like that. Last season, I think we had nine wins, one draw and one defeat. This season, nine wins, two draws, nine clean sheets. That's progression. But we cannot rest in the world. We need to go out and continue that level of performance that we saw on Saturday and continue it against Standard Liège and Livingston and Benfica and Rugby Park, etc. Um, and it's, it's, it's the only way that we're going to eradicate the scar tissue of, you know, well, that's fine, we've won that big game, but we might fuck up the next. Yep, you're absolutely spot on there. Right, folks, that will do us then for this week. My thanks to the two guys for joining us. First of all, Martin. Pleasure. And to Ian. An absolute pleasure. I, If, if you haven't seen it, go on to Twitter, folks, and search for Tommy Sheridan's videos from the weekend and also the Rod Stewart song because you will piss your pants laughing. Very careful when you're searching for Tommy Sheridan videos. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might you might end up seeing a wee bit more than than you want to. Think of it, Tommy Sheridan. It always makes me laugh. Is you know the way he talks. Do you think he talks like that at home? It's a disaster. <laughs> well, would you like a cup of tea, Gail?
Uh, fucking hell, mate. Calm, calm down. But on, like, this is, I've always said this about Celtic supporters. If they didn't exist, we wouldn't be able to invent them. Because no. they're beyond parody. They they really are. They exist in a world of their own. Well, I think most of us wish they did. Anyway, thank you to the guys for joining me. Thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles. And can I just say, if you like what you hear from us, and clearly you do if you manage to get this long into this show, then please think about coming along and subscribing to our Patreon, where you can get up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers, history, players, current events, tactics, you name it, it's there. It's a veritable smorgasbord of staunch, and it's just one 99 per month per month 50p per week we're giving it away we're also very very close to 5,000 subscribers which would be of course a landmark moment for us so this is a good time to come join the community trust me it's a happy place right now thanks to everyone for listening we'll be back next week until then take care bye bye Podcast Network.